to another episode of A Little More Good. We are so grateful to have these conversations and especially so today sitting down with friend of the pod. I don't even know what number this appearance is, which is a good sign if we're like losing track, but welcome back, Judy Brooks. Oh, it's so beautiful to be here with you both. Thank you. Yeah, Thank we you. we love uh, when you get to come in and, and chat and we've just been pre-potting and chatting and catching up and, and we like made the joke literally like, I guess we should start recording because this is all so good. But it is just sharing space and time with you is always a gift. Mm-hmm. And if someone is a new listener or if Judy is a new person to you, we encourage you to look back through the catalog and check in um many times judy brings a guest Mm -hmm. and uh other times she's solo and today she's solo Um, but there's so many good good nuggets of wisdom and stories of resilience and entrepreneurship and learning and courage and bravery and acceptance and all of the things that we've talked about and i'm sure some of those will will uh weave into the conversation today as we contemplate and consider and meander through this conversation to an end that is always fruitful and leaving us stimulated and excited and ready to become just like better versions of ourselves. So thank you, thank you, thank you for being back with us, Judy. Yeah, so, so happy to be here. Thank you. Yeah. It's always fun when we have Judy because I don't know exactly where the conversation's going to go, but I know that it's going to, you know, challenge some paradigms and and explore new thoughts and and be an evolution of uh, thought and experience. Yeah. Just to echo, echo Dean, I'm always grateful for you to make time. I know that you hold space and are a, a, a busy woman, uh, so it uh, it doesn't go uh, unnoticed that you always uh, make time to, to join us. So. Oh my gosh. Well, like I said, not only is it a pleasure, but it is also gives me a chance to not only spend time with both of you, which is always great, but also it's like kind of like... I think you're kind of like an advisory board. <laughs> and what I mean by that is it's a chance to reflect... Um, out loud what it is that's been happening for me and uh, with me in you know the circles that I am privileged to sit in so like yeah just even having the conversation always reminds me always reminds me of um, that honor but also reminds me of like kind of these threads that go through like I feel like every time um, I sit in an immersion which for listeners that don't know is a group of people coming together to um, yeah, and, and cultivating their own wisdom is there is something that comes up that um, yeah just yeah takes me to my knees each time. And in November, I was telling you guys earlier is that I did four programs back to back, sixty five people in five weeks, and um, at the end of it, and many times in between, <laughs> I yeah like I literally sat with tears in my eyes about the beauty of humanity and the pain of humanity. And I think that is the vitality that I get to be included in in those circles. Mm. Yeah, and then there's like themes. There's just themes that come up where I'm like, how is it like that this is all happening in this room together that all of a sudden there's four people where this is the circumstance they lived in or what happened for them and to them in their life or how is it that we're all in consideration now of um you know like a lot has come about this idea of success and legacy and wealth and those are conversations that we need to have and then then that's the other thing then I go home and I am held to my own um held to my own considerations 
about each decision I'm making in my life and have I thought about it broadly enough and not just sort of gone into patterned or my own pattern or societal pattern or or um or comfort pattern mm-hmm. yeah how much are your own uh paradigms thoughts it's funny I'm using the word paradigm multiple times right let's <laughs> pop some paradigms how how much mm-hmm. from each group because you kind of come in as the the teacher as the holder of space as kind of the the maternal mm. leader of this kind of community how much are you also the student with the, uh, i all i am is the student yeah, but i come in as, as the student yeah um today somebody was talking about um some teachers they've had in lineages whether they're Buddhism or um, or other and I literally was like my teachers are these over 1800 people now that have gone through some programming some um, some some moments sharing space around understanding their themselves and their impact in the world so 100% I would never put the word teacher to what I would do I would say that um, I hold pretty uh, tight edges to allow somebody to like literally dive into the middle, knowing that they're going to be like held, and so I, I maybe I'll, I'll maybe agree with the comment around motherly, but maybe that's just because I'm older now and <laughs> <laughs> my birthday last month. <laughs> so, but also because um, I, I think, and it doesn't matter whether I guess it is like something about the idea of the archetype of mother is this where do we have spaces where we can come forward and say everything that is um, happening for us and everything that we are contemplating and maybe even our wrongdoings without then getting love taken a big theme in this through november and these emergence and in these programs was this idea of like what i've had to do to be loved Mm -hmm. And I would say that it's the opposite. You should be loved. And, <laughs> and even when you've done stuff that could mean you shouldn't be loved, it's not that you shouldn't be loved for your humanity, for your heart. But that doesn't mean we don't, we, I put up with, you put up with behavior that is um, not good for self, not good for other, not good for the world. But to believe that someone's behavior is horrible even if we're going to use the word evil, it doesn't mean that I have to not love their essence of humanity mm-hmm. and their, even when they are acting in ways that are completely inhumane. Mm-hmm. Because again, that's just judgment. And everything, like I know it's been said, but everything is just a reflection of ourselves. Mm-hmm. That's right. all everything is. Yeah. When, we, when we're bowled over by a monstrosity that's happening in the world... Uh, like what I've realized now is a part of me goes, I can also be that. Maybe not to that degree, but that's all mm, like, that's all me being okay about myself, right? Mm-hmm. I too can be unkind. I too can be judgmental. I too have misstepped and caused hurt. And it might not be as big as that hurt over there, but again, that's me being able to decide my own actions and the degree of harm, the scale of harm. Yeah, I love that. Like we all hold light and dark and are capable of, of good and bad and good and bad can be subjective. Um, one one line, I think from the movie Gather, um, I'm blanking on the guy that made the movie right now, but the movie Gather, there is a guy speaking to it um, that was sharing the notion that for healing the 
that this can be internal, this can be external, it can be two two forces or just yourself. The idea that the oppressed and the oppressor both have to heal the victim and the or the the or perpetrator. perpetrator. They yeah. both have to heal for healing. If just the oppressed heal, then the oppressor will continue. Which is one of the fundamentals around this idea of um, conflict resolution, or right. you know. Um, uh, or, or healing circles is saying that there is a conflict that exists within um, any incident of harm and the conflict actually goes beyond the two it goes into a community and for us to heal from that we need to learn from it and that re- requires us all to step inside and understand what actions uh, be responsible for a part even it doesn't have to be equal part That that's all our language yes and I was talking to somebody on the phone on the way over who's been doing some pretty deep work. And I said, you know, it occurs to me that in a relationship that's connected and fairly constant, so are closer in relationships, I don't, it doesn't matter whether they're familial or not, is like I'm looking back and I think, have I apologized to that person in the last, you know, three months, four months? over the course of a year of seeing someone regularly because I haven't, I'm probably not understanding some harm that I've did. And it, and again, the this sounds so sort of heavy and media and dark. It's not. It's just like, I am definitely going to get shit wrong every day. <laughs> and so if I can't stand with that and say sorry, if I can't stand in correction, if I can't face someone telling me that I have spoken in a way, acted in a way that has made them feel lesser without disintegrating, you know, without that, then, then I'm not really, I'm not on the path that we talk about the red road, I'm not on that. I'm, I've fallen off for a minute, but I know where it is and I can get back, you know? Yeah. Hey everyone, just interrupting today's episode to share a bit about our sponsor. We are so happy to be partnering with AG1 because really taking care of your health isn't always easy, but it should be at least simple. That's why, for the last couple of years, we've been taking AG1 every day, no exception. It's simple. It's just one scoop mixed in water once a day, every day. And honestly, when I take it, it makes me feel energized, nourished, and ready to take on the day. And that's because each serving of AG1 delivers my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre- and probiotics, and more. It's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple and honestly That's why I love it. I like to drink AG1 first thing in the morning, which is recommended for optimal nutrient absorption. I fill up my shaker with some extra cold water and add one scoop of AG1. Shake it up and I'm ready to go. And even if I'm running short on time and can't mix up my AG1 before heading out, I'll grab one of the handy travel packs. Each is an individual serving of AG1 that's easy to mix on the go, helping ensure I get my daily nutrients no matter what makes it easy at home, at work. It's awesome. So good to have. Simple habit that's good and good for you. And we're so happy to have AG1 as a partner because we really believe in their product and know that it works. Honestly, if there's one product I had to recommend to elevate your health, it's AG1. And that's why we've partnered with them for so long. So if you want to take ownership over your health, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 and K2 and five of those free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash more good. That's drinkag1.com slash more good. Check it out. 
Yeah. yeah, I think that's like, and like you said, being the like ever the student and learning from the people we are in relationship with, how, however that scale looks, whether it's like a, a partnership, a, a romantic relationship, familial, business, whatever it could be, but just like being open to learn and being open to hear like correction mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. that we did something that was like upsetting or harmful or hurtful to someone whether it was of any intention or not, I think being able to like hear that mm -hmm. and then sit with it and own it mm -hmm. and then move forward, like trying to be better is good. But I think oftentimes we, even if we are the wounded ones, like we don't want to say anything and we mm -hmm. let it like boil or then it comes out in a, in a way that's like- Comes out to someone else. Totally, right? And it's just more that cycle harmful. of harm. Yeah, yeah, yeah that cycle of harm. Perpetuates it. And so I think part of that is like learning how to take it in and listen and, and say the hard thing when you need to say the hard thing, but then also like receive that message when you need to receive it. And yeah, and if we could take out even the word hard and recognize that there but and the other side is when do I just literally say nothing because I'm trying to make it into Dean's problem but really it's just mine anyways <laughs> and so where can I go you know where do I do that um, but what I was thinking when you said that Dean is the idea that what if there's no right and wrong there's just a series of things and when we say and where we don't make it about the being of the person but rather about the behavior right you know like I said, where we can say that behavior was harmful to me or others, but I'm not commenting on your, your soul being, because how can right. I? Because I can't possibly know that. Mm -hmm. And I think we see that so often nowadays in like popular culture where people who don't know the person are pronouncing these pretty severe and significant judgments upon them based on maybe a misstep a poor choice of words, a poor action, and people who don't know a person but observe something then outside of relationships say, well, like this person is a this. Yeah, and the the light version of that is, you know, as those of you who have listened before know that Zach and I have known each other a very long time now. Mm -hmm. um, and in the last um, almost 20 years now, about 17 years, more so, but can you imagine if I only sat in front of Zach, who's now a father of two, who's a successful business owner, who has a beautiful partner, and only ever thought of him as his 21-year-old self, that I never allowed him to be anything else other than that? So I've been thinking about that a lot, of how is it that, and, and it goes the same with bad behavior. What if somebody's behavior is so horrendous but we never give them a chance to be anything else mm. because i for sure i'm hoping my behavior wasn't horrendous but i'm sure it was pretty not nice at yeah. times and i don't want to i want to be called on to do better but i also want to be held in that i can do better i want both of those things yeah yeah i think that's we're, we're at this interesting place i think it's been like a We've been in this place since maybe, probably before COVID, but COVID really heightened thinking of, of divisions, you know, like can't be this or that. Um, I'm this, therefore you're that, you're bad, I'm good. And it's kind of continued in, in politics and geopolitical situations and wars and like any ideologies, we want to put things into boxes of good or bad and we forget all of the nuance and exactly like you're saying, like it's if we 
I, I often will laugh because I'm like, I tell my kids these things, so why not? Why can't we act them? Like, I'm, like uh, Finn will be like, Cole's bad. I'll be like, correction, Cole's acting bad, but he's a good. Yeah, his behavior boy. is bad right now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, do you is Cole also? Um, funny and lovely and you know yeah. and I go that through Clooney and Rosen who are my grandchildren is you know uh, I mean they're just so incredibly and 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 I give my daughter such and and her partner such credit for their the spirits that they hold in in allowing them to to raise <laughs> to allow them to get older is the the conversations they have and Clooney and I were walking down the street and she was having a rough time at school or something and I said hmm she said, well, you know, she's unkind. And I said, is she unkind? Because <laughs> have you ever been unkind? And she said, yeah, I've been unkind. And I said, but you are not unkind. Yeah. And she said, no, you're right. You're right. And she said, and I said to her, that little girl, when I asked her, I said to her, have I done anything that has also hurt you? Because I need to know. And I was like, what? <laughs> you're seven-year-old? You're, you know, you're getting to that part. But, but we will, and I think holding each other, again, gently responsible for our words is so important in that. And like you said, we'll do it to our seven-year-olds or six-year-olds or five-year-olds or 13-year-olds, but we won't demand the same of ourselves and our adult friends that we love. Yes. You know, we'll let that language dilute because we like, we know your intention isn't bad. So I'm not gonna, yeah. I'm not gonna say to you, "Ooh, I know what you meant, but here's what I heard." Um, yeah, so that idea of separating soul or being from behavior, and it doesn't mean that we have to. I don't believe it means. I don't believe it means that we have to go around and want to sit in friendship with everybody. But it, mm-hmm. it is that idea of I can love your heart even if I don't want to be in relationship with you. Mm-hmm. I can love your humanity because I am human. Yeah, and that thing of like, as a human being, it means that I am part of everything that's happened, good and bad, as a human. I am like, we actually know now scientifically, I'm like yeah. actually a part, like I'm actually a part. We're the result of it. We're yeah, like, exactly. Uh, we survived, we are the result of that And history. what happens in the future, I will be part of. Right? Yes. Vis-a-vis my children and my grandchildren, and, you know, and that DNA part of me, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the fact that we're here today is a testament that we are good and bad because that's the history of the world. The history of the world, yeah, yeah. And this divisiveness of... I had a, a young woman over for dinner the other day who has gone through, mm, like, tremendous challenge, both um, both emotionally and and physically and she said something that was so like just the way she said it and you and I've had this conversation in many different forms Zach but she said I have no one has ever changed my mind by telling me that I need to change my mind (laughs) and I was like yes she said but my mind has I have changed my mind by listening to somebody speak into their feelings or what they think without being a judgment of mine and then I've broadened my perspective and gone I never considered that you know so that was it's just like like you said back to the kids is as adults you know if Zach you and I are in opposition to something and I keep like telling you you know you're getting it wrong or you're wrong or 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 in a in a relationship when you tell your kid over and over and over that they're bad and they're getting it wrong do they get better they can't so why would we continue to use our own behavior our own words to change something but just continue even though it didn't work but we're just gonna keep saying it 
like as a parent you know when you do that you just like you're like i've just said this four times this is ridiculous yeah. they're not ridiculous i am ridiculous yeah. it just starts to get louder yeah. and louder didn't you hear it yeah, yeah. yeah. say the same thing with more anger more like more bigness let yeah. me over over big you yeah. <laughs> yeah let me use my which is power and control right yeah yeah Surely that will work. Exactly. <laughs> Without any negative Exactly. Sure, it'll work on the fourth time. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's, let's kind of dig into this more because I feel like we're almost at a point of sickness with this. Like if you turn on the media or the news, it's just like everyone's pointing fingers and they want to be louder and they want to be bolder. Mm. And we're losing, we're losing space to, to be wrong. We're losing space to welcome opposing opinions. And we're kind of living in these bubbles of echo chambers that really serve no growth or evolution or possibility so mm. like how mm. do we welcome opposition with compassion and a willingness to listen and how do we explore being wrong when we are so sure that we're right mm. and and i think this starts with us not conversation we started to have before we went on pod was this idea of how is it that I center myself in everything all the time what if I am not the center of the universe or the center of anything because as soon as I remove myself from that pedestal for myself I I can perhaps be a bit more gracious and a bit kinder and a bit more gentle so I don't think it's even about I don't think it starts with welcoming in. I think it starts with self. Can I welcome in all my own perspectives? Can I welcome in and be in discernment about my own bad behavior with, because even shame, like we, I believe we're, we're meant to feel shame. We're not meant to be shamed. We're meant to feel our own shame. But then to use our own shame as a cycle to continue the behavior doesn't make a ton of sense to me. So, you know, my firm belief is it always starts with this idea of the consideration of yourself first. And I think that there is, um, and some of the, the, some of the tracks to getting to this divisiveness, I think are actually necessary. So can I use an example of yeah, that? Of course. When you guys were starting juice track, you actually had to have this moment where two people, you and Ryan, and then others came along and you kind of were all saying the same thing and drinking the same fluid. We need that moment. Yes. Cause it's like, we're safe enough to do something that's like really difficult and kind of dangerous in some ways. You know, it's like that old, it's like I said the other day to someone on the phone, if you actually really sat and, and made a measured decision about starting a company, you, you never would. <laughs> Why would you do that? It's so ridiculous. I would like to work harder than I've ever worked. Maybe lose all my money. <laughs> and, you know, uh, so, but we need that moment where we're all coming together and we're like banding and we are like, uh, you know. So establish the belief. The belief has to be established. It has to. And then do we have the maturity to recognize when we've got enough of the seed and we actually need for us to flourish and grow, we actually need not just sun, but we also need a bit of rain. Mm. And and I think that that's where I see companies and, um, and, and families even all, like we have to be the same to be connected. And I, you know, I've said to you guys before, my last, my life, my life, but in particular, the last four or five years has been the opposite for me. 
I'm sitting in, you know, the person on my right at the dinner table saying staunchly that A is the only way and B, and I'm like going, we're all eating dinner together. This is beautiful. <laughs> but I'm not, but I, I don't, yeah, like it's just, it's about holding and not trying to talk them off A or B either. Just letting them go on A. And then, like mm. I said, I often use gentle words like, I love how much you believe that. It's not my belief, but I like get that you are freaking passionate about that. You know, why can't we, why do we have to shut someone down mm. unless they're actively in the hurt of other in the moment, yes. you know? I think that's a, that's a clarifying line. If there's, if, if it's there's causing hurt, hurt or harm. intention to harm somebody, then that's a line where you know, opinions or, or actions aren't necessarily welcome. But I think having these opposing views, like, like you were saying, like, let's not even call them opposing uh, dif- different, different views, different views, different is, views. is way more interesting. Like if we all sat around here and just said, you know, I'm this, I'm this, I'm this. And we just kept repeating it. Like it's a pretty boring conversation within. And can you start that mm-hmm. within yourself? Can I, in my every day yes. go, you know, I want a coffee because I have a coffee every morning and I happen to really enjoy my morning coffee. Hey, let's just pause for a moment. Is a coffee what my body's calling for today? Like these nano practices of doing something differently than you have. And my choice might always to be have coffee every morning. But even that moment where I consider something different is an important moment. So, and the considering of options, Mm. there's something going on at work. There's something going on in my family uh, dynamic. There's something going on for me. What are my options more than two? You've heard that. Yes. Because in considering those options, I'm no longer in binary. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So if I, uh, we can kind of like act this out. If I come at, say, Dean, I I come at you and I'm like, you're this, you're that, your views are, are dumb and dangerous. Like, how do you diffuse that and Mm. and kind of transition that to like a welcoming safe space versus like a hostile one? Well, I think that you kind of said it. The first thing is know when you can't. Know when it's yours not to do in a moment. Know when you're going to allow that person, their reaction and their anger anger, as long as it's not harmful for others in the moment. I think that that, just like I said, the uh, question even in these conversations that we're having with loved ones that are you know, you said hard or meaningful is that to know when actually I'm like super irritated at my loved one called Zach, but it's actually nothing to do with Zach. I was super irritated, you know, at myself this morning. I am just simply super irritated today. So that's not a conversation to have with Zach. And that's the conversation is I'm like so sorry (laughs) that I'm irritated. It may or may not be about you, but it's certainly living inside of me right now. Um, And then I think the other thing is to uh, always to go back with um, a clarifying question, not one that's asked to try to make them feel dumb. Like that's what I believe part of this is, is I want you to be embarrassed. And I don't want to be embarrassed. So it's like the more that remember from a brain perspective, when we ask someone, uh, especially if we can ask a little bit more of a complex question yeah. that it, uh, that they're engaged now. Oh, I didn't understand that. Can you, can you just understand that? Or can you explain this part to me or, Hmm, tell me about why that's like so important to you. And I told you, I've like literally been like, wow, you are, I love your passion around this. And then it's important to me because sometimes I be, there are beliefs that I, I don't want to be 
associated with. I want that person to have their beliefs, but I'm also not trying to change people all the time. Yeah. Like, why is it that we want to change people? It's funny, isn't it? Yeah. What do you guys think about that? Why do we want everyone to conform to? Because it makes us more comfortable. Right. Mm. It's a comfort thing. Because if we're the same and we believe we're the same, then we don't have to worry about any conflict. It's, it's like a tribalistic kind of thing. It's a tribalistic. Well, and thing. I think it, there's also, there's a part of it too that's, uh, the it's like the unexamined reality. So I have a coffee every morning because I enjoy the taste of coffee and I love it and that's my ritual and that's what I do. So why would I ever question that? And so, but if you do, then it gives you an opportunity to think, oh, do I need coffee every morning? Maybe I could have tea. Maybe I could just have water. Maybe I could have nothing and be totally fine. And when we question what we are and who we are, then if someone else comes along and questions, hey, you shouldn't have coffee every morning, you can be like, oh, yeah, you know what? I've thought about that. That's interesting. Why would you say that? And now we found commonality in what might be perceived as a difference or an attack, right? And in that, like, I'm really don't not like to be told how to feel or yeah. what to do. So if someone said to me, you shouldn't have coffee, I would say, oh, tell me, you don't have coffee ever? You know, you don't have coffee. Why is that important to you? Mm-hmm. So I can still be curious about their experience without even actually... I'm maybe not even in consideration of that right now, but I don't have to demean their experience, but I also don't have to take on what they think is their own wisdom as my own. Right. Like it doesn't. And I thought that a lot this New Year's about like, you know, somebody texted me and they're like, I actually sent a picture in Baja of (laughs) a beautiful, um, it's this label of a beer that's like a peyote, it's peyote IPA or something. And I sent it to a friend who I love dearly. (laughs) And I said, this is, uh, uh, we had another friend there, Alex. This is Alex's last beer. He's like, he's not drinking anymore. I was like, no, this is like last beer in Baja. <laughs> like, but he went on this thing. There's so many people sober. And hey, the sobriety thing is something that I've engaged in, something that, but I don't want to be identified as sober or not sober. Like, that's not important for me. And it is for others. And that's cool. Right. But what I'm really interested in at this, this stage <laughs> is going... Not what is it that I'm always trying to add or or take away from myself. Like even that is a transaction with myself all the time. But can I be in presence with my own body and my own feelings and my own thoughts and actually start to cultivate the wisdom of knowing what is calling for me? And so I, I really, yeah, because it's, and it's hard when people are talking, they're fasting this, fasting that, and if you don't jump on that bandwagon, you can feel like you're missing something. Yes. I'm not as good as they are because they're going to just drink green juice. Yeah. And I'm I'm still going to, you know, have this delicious peanut butter smoothie that I'm having. But why why can't I be why can't you be drinking a green juice and I be drinking a peanut butter smoothie? Yeah, more than one thing. It's it's interesting like we've Dean and I have talked about this a lot like can use just for the sake of having an example like we've talked a lot about veganism and uh, like you've known that I've been a passionate vegan for a long time but I haven't liked that label lately like it's like I feel like I I'm not the person that I see when I see vegans online and I'm like I don't know if I want to be a part of all of those things and I don't like the label because I feel like it's a hard line remember when you wanted it to be a hard line (laughs) you wanted it to be a hard line and I, I mean, that's just like you're saying, like to say that I'm the same person when I was 20 you're not. and to expect that 
we can't also do that to ourselves, right? A hundred percent. So to say we're in one box and to stay in that That's box. That's what all the box I want to be in my whole life. Yeah. And you may or may not choose to eat vegan your whole life. And then the zero tolerance thing becomes if you got really sick and they said, hey, we want you to try this, you know, eating X, Y, and Z, might you consider something different? Or if it was your child, might you say, yeah, we're definitely going to try that. Yeah. So again, it's like, why can't I love your veganism and maybe even understand it, maybe even try it, but know that you're going to love me whether or not that is my choice in the moment. And I think that's the thing. Yes. We make a choice in the moment. Do we revisit our choices to see if they still resonate with us and the earth and, mm-hmm. you know? So we look at all our hats and we can try them on every year and see which ones fit and maybe we wear five hats that year maybe we wear two maybe we wear no hats like uh exactly that's beautifully said it's like every time i get to choose i don't choose a different version of me choose what's alive in me and resonating i said to someone today on the phone you know our and maybe this is what you're talking about about that tribalism our i believe our spirit you know like our soul our spirit is seeking resonance right and so if I don't feel resonant with you, then I try to make you resonant with me instead of just going, oh, there's that beautiful soul who's not quite resonant with me right now, but here this one is. Right. But I don't have to turn, like I don't have to turn away from that, but I also don't have to make that soul in the same, that spirit in the same resonance as me. Right. And that's like kind of like the energy thing, right? right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That yeah. is an energy thing. And it's it's not a you know, oh my gosh, up here in the, you know, ether energy, it's like literally where energies attract. And, and remember energy, you don't, I don't change your energy. I transform your energy. Mm. We transform energy when we come together as, as two metals or, you know, or, or two individuals. And so right now that's like not up for transformation. (laughs) This energy and that energy are just not transforming at this moment. That's cool. I don't have to to avoid that energy. Right. Yeah. yeah, that's interesting. I like that shift of language because mm-hmm. it changes the feeling of it too when we go from start to speak of energy or vibrations or anything like that. Like I remember Bob Proctor, he shared an example of like if you want to say I want to be like Dean, it's not changing changing myself to be Dean, but it's like uh, changing my vibration to be of the same frequency so that we can achieve a common goal or, or uh, you know, get somewhere in a, a more efficient way if we're of the same frequency. Mm-hmm. And the... It's just like changing the radio station. You exactly. Might, you might have to change it a few times every day. But I also think that it never, not very often in any day are we on the same frequency all day. So when we yes. bump into somebody who's not on our frequency, it doesn't mean they weren't 10 minutes ago. I never know what's happening. And, th- and that's why immersions... Like I said, like literally, I, I I leave and I like weep and weep and weep because I because they I am taught so much by these individuals, and and how they share and how they're willing to come forward and I realize that no matter what I see, I never know what be, is behind what I see. Mm-hmm. And when you hear, I'm like, how did you even survive? How did that happen? How did you get to here? I remember we had a while, uh, Sean Carter on uh, yes. some episodes again, and he was in a program with me recently. And when I see him and I, and I remember his story, which he said, um, 
on air, so it's it's not in um, it, it's not a secret or in in confidence. Strict confidence is about this childhood that was you know beyond slightly traumatic. <laughs> it's where he was eating out of dumpsters, and then I see the man he is. He didn't become that man by changing everybody else. He became that man by constantly going in and seeing what he to transform his energy. Mm. He, I can't look at him without you know wanting without raising my hands in and and being so humbled so this idea of like yeah do we want all our energies to be exactly the same i mean there is a collective thought about if we get to the vibrations high mm-hmm. enough yes. so i'm not i'm not tossing that one out but is that really is that really the expectation mm-hmm. Well, I like the idea, like what what Zach had shared, like you don't have to conform, but you're transforming. And so we could all look and be very uniquely ourselves, but have that same kind of like frequency. And it's going to resonate the same, but it might look different depending on who we are, how we live that and embrace that. And I think that's where there's that beautiful, there's that symmetry, but then there's also the diversity of who we are and how we show up and how we live in that frequency. Okay. So then my question, so I I, I agree with that in, in so many ways. And then we, I think it's a good time to pull in this consideration around when I have been given the privilege of my vibration to be really high because I'm not hungry and I am not um, physically unsafe, do I make everybody else feel shitty when their vibration isn't the same? Right. And I, I wonder how we meet someone's distorted or perhaps wounded energy without making them feel less than me because again I don't know the story behind it I hold space for them to be on their own journey of healing that and I don't try to you said this earlier Zach I don't try to over optimism them out I don't try to go well I know that you literally lost all your money and that you might never eat again but look at the bright side right in that moment what the person perhaps needs to be is held in all of their feelings but also held that you also believe there might you're hold them also that there might be another day that's different for them mm-hmm. so this yeah this transform but you talked about earlier what if somebody comes at me with this different vibration than i am on and again we don't fight the vibration we transform by easing into them we don't go down to them but we invite a space that's not there nor where i am so meeting of somebody so if you're sharing your your trauma or your troubles or your situation that might that is likely impermanent um and it makes me so uncomfortable that i need to to sugarcoat it or make it positive right um yeah let's let's kind of dig into that i think that's i think we we were talking about this earlier before we hit record that we're un, we're not willing to sit with discomfort mm. or uncomfortable whether it's truths or situations we need to package it up to be nice you know uh instead of being able to sit and hear your your truth or your situation or your feelings and and just honor that and 
share that that energy or, or or just listen maybe we don't need to say anything we don't need to say anything and i think that that's like the scale between this idea of empathy where it's like i have to know i have to be with you in your issues or even sympathy right. and just compassion mm. you know when i was walking with Clooney um in whistler the other day um there is a man named rainbow who sits outside the liquor store now and he's transient and that's not we have a lot of transient folks through Whistler, but they're not usually transient and sitting in front of the liquor store. And he right. had a little wooden draft <laughs> that was beside a cup. And Clooney said something to me, and she had a little, It's. I think it's fair enough for her to turn around and be taken aback. And she looked at me, and she, I went, hmm, that's a rainbow. And she said to me, where are his mom and dad? Oh. <laughs> and I thought, why don't we why don't we ask that question every time instead of you chose this you right. you know um that may or may not be the case but why is it our are in us to judge and mm. why is it that that makes us so uncomfortable we have to either we have to impose a story on it instead mm-hmm. of just letting him be his own story right yeah uh, kind of an, an understanding that i have is uh informed by the tradition that I've taken a lot of wisdom from in in learning about this this person Jesus and for me like on, on a spiritual level if we're like optimized or operating at a higher vibration coming back to that question of like how do we connect with someone and see them and honor them and value them when when they're at a different vibration and not just make them feel bad about yeah. themselves or there's, try to make them better or try to make them better there's this uh kind of philosophy is is a Greek word. It's called kenosis and it kind of means like uh, self-emptying or or mm. uh, stepping outside of yourself. And and I kind of I think that there's a there's a place for that where if we're if we are in a good spot and can recognize that and, and let's say our frequency, our vibration is high and we come into contact with someone who is not, for whatever reason, they're having a bad day or they've had a bad series of days and we encounter them rather than just like trying to out optimize well look at the bright side at least it's not or ignore or whatever it is we take it upon ourselves as knowing okay i'm in this good spot how can i identify with you in some real genuine way in your humanity whether that's through taking time whether that's through not just like throwing a dollar in the cup of being like hey can we go for lunch can i buy you lunch and not just like throw a sandwich at you right. be like come and when i throw you my sandwich can you also look with me in gratitude because now you should feel a lot better about your shitty life right <laughs> like right. you know like yeah. one sandwich will change yeah everything. the one sandwich will change everything exactly right and yeah. I, I love that concept because it's the idea it comes from like that you know regardless of what you think or believe about any tradition but the the belief that jesus was simultaneously divine but also human and this idea of kenosis is the teaching that while he was divine he like rejected that portion of himself to be fully human to experience and identify and show people how in some ways to live and and i love that idea that like we could be operating at a higher frequency but that doesn't mean that like we're somehow better than right we should, it's we should funny have when that. you said that dean the i, I thought oh a language correction for me and me because you know this idea of vibration and is at my own highest yeah because i don't know maybe you're like i don't know what the ceiling is right but that my own highest vibration we can tell in ourselves when we are vibrating highly but it's not like oh i'm vibrating higher than you <laughs> you know yeah i yeah because <laughs> no. as soon as we start comparing somehow they, it yeah to, it exactly must come down. <laughs> and then there's this idea right now for me too about 
where higher, you know, this idea of, of, you know, I am just (laughs) higher frequency and therefore I have no judgment. I have no judgment to anyone. And what's hard about that is we live in a human world. Mm -hmm. And so it's not about, again, judging a person, but it is about having high discernment for behavior. Because Mm -hmm. when we don't do that, that is when, as a humanity, we allow monstrosities to happen. I watched them. The, I sometimes say her name wrong, so excuse me if I get it wrong. Guy Len Maxwell, Guy Len Maxwell, who was the woman that kind of curated sexual partners for Jeffrey Epstein. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was a guy that, you know, all the friends that were interviewed on that documentary also were tagged former friends, which I thought was probably how you'd want to be tagged, but (laughs) (laughs) not as a current friend, but is, um, he sat there and he said, you know, we, I was at those dinner tables and we saw what was happening and we didn't do anything. And, and the degree to which they saw, we knew something was happening. We knew it wasn't right and we did nothing. And then he stopped himself. He said, I did nothing. Yeah. And I thought mm. that I have not heard that about Weinstein or Epstein from this grouping of, and maybe I haven't heard it because I don't spend a lot of time on news or social. Maybe many celebrities, those who are celebrated for their wealth or their success have come forward and said, I sat at a dinner table at Jeffrey Epstein's New York apartment or wherever the heck he lived. And I am, I am, I am mortified that I was at that table. I haven't heard that. And then there's this guy who wasn't like a famous guy who, who said, I did nothing. And I was like, oh, yes. <laughs> when is it that I have to push by my own discomfort because I'm at the fringes of something where behavior is going to hurt humanity or a child or, and, and I don't want to be in judgment, but I don't have to judge the person, but I can say, oh, God, that behavior, or I choose not to be around that behavior. It was, I would love to see, I, I don't know, have you, I mean, have you ever heard of anybody, whether it's like in, a, in this, the world of celebrity, whatever that means, um, with Epstein or Weinstein or, um, you know, we could go on. Have you ever heard a celebrity say, I am mortified I was at that table? No. Just kind of see. It's funny we've been talking about community versus the individual, and sometimes like the individual hides behind the community, and then sometimes the individual needs to see the community before itself. But in this case, in these situations, I think it's like the individual hiding behind the collective and not wanting to be singled out. I like so hope in my heart that if I had been one of those people, I would do that. Because then, and and I know probably, maybe, I don't know, I guess. I'm wondering if they don't want to be called out or canceled or whatever we call it now. But would I risk my Your outward yeah. appearance to save my own soul? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. It's like our our value and our public worth versus our kind of internal value and internal worth. Like... Uh, yeah, I mean, you're seeing this list of all these people coming out, and I think everyone's just, like, trying to hide and duck right now instead of, like, this individual saying, like, I didn't do anything, or I've, 
I, I know better. And then as a or community, what? could we start to, if a person does come forward, say thank you to them. Thank you for teaching us something different. Thank you for yes. showing us how this can be done. Can we start to, um, to pay homage to that? Mm. Instead of going, you were bad. We, I knew you were bad, you know. And so I, I wonder about those things in my own being. Is I think that somebody uh, <laughs> there's lots of calls. I keep seeing someone phone me. They're all different yeah, yeah, people yeah. today. And asked me about this idea of you know. There's so much like I need speaking my truth, and I, I sometimes think speaking my truth is a dressed up way of saying I just want to tell you what I know, or I don't really want to do that. <laughs> so yeah. I understand that. I think that when you really start to tap into your full alignment, which is the highest frequency, it's actually scary. For sure. It's scary because you're now having to move in a way that you actually know won't be um, won't be the way everybody else is moving. Mm-hmm. And so I was thinking about that, about divinity, of how many times that people step into the light and they're so afraid of the light, they start to distract from the light with their own behaviors. Um, we've talked about it like with kids. We do it as a community to them by telling them that they have to conform, but they kind of also do it too. It's like, if I'm just sitting here in my full light as a nine-year-old, I might get ridiculed. And so where do we hide from our own? That I know when I am really in my alignment because I will often be called on to do something that's so scary so much risk it means um yeah and it's not comfortable Mm -hmm. and i think that's the that's the inevitable journey like as you move further or closer to the idealized version the best version of ourselves that we could be and and let's you know even though it creates this like visual uh, hierarchy, which is not necessarily helpful or true, but as we move up, so to speak, in the frequency ladder, the reality is it has to become less and less about us. It's impossible for it not to. And as soon as you start thinking, oh, I'm like so enlightened or spiritual or whatever, and and that plays into your ego or how it's serving you, uh, the reality is, my friend, you're like not anywhere mm-hmm. close to the top of the ladder because the reality is the f- the further we ascend, again, to use that bad D- yeah. metaphor, or yes, not, not yeah. entirely helpful, but as we ascend, <laughs> truly we are becoming less and less about our own self we and our dissolve. own ascension. Yes. We dissolve. And we become in service. I truly so as soon as someone says service. I'm ascending, we actually know you're no longer ascending. That's right. You're yes. now Just stopped like ascending. <laughs> any, any type of teacher, leader, guru, mm-hmm. whoever it might be that like, tell, oh, listen to me because I've arrived, like turn and run in the other direction because they're the furthest person from any point of arrival. Like they're at the beginning of their journey thinking that they know it all and know everything and can offer everything to everyone because that's not where it comes from. This sense of like self-appointed, purpose and oh i have reached because no teacher no no. worth their salt is like would say those things no and (laughs) and to your point even this idea of so let's take it away for a second from the words of vibration or ascension and let's go into when i start to make better decisions that are more in aligned with how i want to move in the world and what i want to see in the world and be in receipt of i know that it literally is um, 
a, a, a chart that has valleys and peaks in it. And, you know, it's like where the line is drawn through it. So, you know, like generally I'm better than I was four years ago today. I am not at the top of that. I still went down. I just didn't maybe go down as far as I've gone before. Right. And, you know, and so it's like this slow, slow, slow climb. And, and it, it ends with you, you don't exist anymore. Right. And you you've just, left hopefully some legacy right that that is the the kindness and the love and the wisdom that you've been shared and imparted to those that you've been able and to nobody even really with. has to talk about it because it's in them yes it's yes. in them you know yes. so i don't need a building with my name on it i don't even need to um be validated for how i existed because i simply existed mm. <laughs> you know yeah i simply existed i existed in a way and and the, that resonance i have become part of a really really fertile soil that will allow others to step into the same journey of of getting to know themselves and showing up in a way that they want to that's best for all yeah i, lo I love it and, and i think that i'm still i still wrestle with it because like purpose and meaning and impact and all these things are huge in my life legacy all that stuff but at the same time in such a non-anxious and non-pressured way because in a hundred years like nobody's even gonna know who i am and that's perfect that's it, brilliant there's so there's such a release from that but that doesn't mean that i should stop striving no and i and well i do i think you stop striving you just start being but right. i think all of these stages are necessary mm. i don't think that i would say to my nine-year-old hey don't strive <laughs> just be for the rest of your life because you know, he might want to go into the world and he might want to have partner. He might want to have whatever. And those, those take some clear actions. But it's I've been thinking a lot about the idea of purpose because I think being purpose, deciding on your purpose is important at some point. And then eventually, I would say right now, I don't look for purpose in things. I look for deep meaning in things. But remember, both my stage and what I've gone through has allowed me to be there now. And then eventually, I think even the idea of meaning probably fades into simply being, you know? Uh, so all of them are necessary stages. If we get stuck on one stage, maybe that's where the problem arises, mm -hmm. where we get stuck in I am full of, you know, even when we look at Maslow's hierarchy, which was never a hierarchy, was never intended, that was our, it was intended to be a circular form from my understanding, is um, it, it, it doesn't, you don't reach a spot and then that's it. You finish. go up and down. You just hopefully don't go all the way down again. <laughs> so I, I think we've talked about it before, but that poem that says, you know, I walk down a street, there's a hole, I fall in the hole. I can't, I will never be able to get out. It's not my fault. I'm so angry. And it goes on to, you know, I fell in a hole. I'm able to get out. I see where I misstepped. And eventually I just go down another street. I, I don't think we always go down another street. I think sometimes we fall in the hole. We hopefully don't start with, I fell in the hole. It's everybody's fault. I'll never get out again. So these, yeah, there's a fluidity to it. And how is it that we think that um, nature has this dying season and this blooming season and and we don't mm. within every moment and within every day and then within every year we live and then in that lifetime 
if we look at nature, it tells us everything really we need to know. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And that death is required for newness and new life. I've been thinking about that. A, well, you know, I'm always thinking about death. Yeah. <laughs> let's, talk, let's talk about death. Well, I've been thinking about death of... I mean, I think about death a lot because my experience with death has been such that I felt the beauty of it. But I don't think everyone has to feel like I do. I think so for some people it's horrendous and sad and that's okay. But I also think of leaving, living this life so that my last exhale has an ease to it. And so when we look at yoga and look at that dia, uh, shavasana of the death of that practice, really the practice of life for me is can I create ease on that last breath, which means that's back to how am I showing up that that last breath will not be tortured and constricted. And it's like the beauty of that last exhale. So I think of it in that way. But I also think about it in terms of, you know, this idea of like, in a couple of years, we'll be living to 150. And I was like, does that allow Rosen? Like, does that mean that those that are coming up behind me then don't get a chance to experience what, like, do they have to wait like another 50 years to feel like a 50? Like, do they have to wait till they're 100 to feel like they're 50 now? Like, I've been wondering, I, I don't know that that's the truth, but I've been wondering about that hmm. a lot. Right, because there's certain systems of power that, that, um, like just to be literal, like uh, let's say an election's coming, like the boomers will control more power than the gen, whatever gen we're totally. at. Totally. They'll, they'll vote. Like well, th there will never be another president of the United States that's not under 100 years old. <laughs> right. Yeah, like if we keep going, like Biden's already. And I'm all about the 100-year-old people, but, yeah, yeah. but like, yeah, how is it that we allow for, how is it we allow for both in community, but... And I guess that's where we look at these more ancient cultures where the elders held something, but so did the, you know, did the the young warriors. And, mm. you know, there was a place and time and it, and, and it required the full community. You don't want a community of just elders and you don't want a, just a community of young warriors. You want it all to be part of community. But so it was a circle versus uh, whatever yeah. we have, have now. So when you think about dying, yeah, um, I mean, it can be, like you were saying, it can be death of a season, it can be death of the day with mm. the sun going down, like there's lots of, lots of ways that you can approach this. But when you think about leaving this physical mm. body that you have in this lifetime, is there, what, what feelings do you have attached to that? Is there fear? Is there curiosity? Mm. Is there knowing? That's great. I mean, I have feelings that I think I feel, but of course I won't know until it happens. Yes. I'm cognizant of that. So for me to pull out all my beautiful words and say them, I of course might feel exactly the opposite in the of moment. Course. But, um, I, I, I don't have fear at the moment. It's not something that I'm, asking in at this moment um but i have this idea that there is beauty to it even if i don't want it in the moment because it's because i don't believe that i'm gone because i believe if tomorrow if i walked out of here and tomorrow i didn't exist that i still sit in your soul and i still sit in your soul and um and you sit in in my soul, wherever that is and however that shows up. And I don't think that requires me to consider reincarnation or non-reincarnation or whatever. I just think that 
it is eternal. Mm-hmm. You know, we start and I, I we start in Stardust and we end in Stardust kind of thing. Um, but I did <laughs> realize this year I have put in caveat to that <laughs> <laughs> after breaking my leg this year. I was like, yeah, I'd rather not die with a lot of pain. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I, I think that this year I got a little tiny bit afraid of pain there was a lot of pain going on this year and I was like yeah I would like to avoid that but that may not be the case I would love my grandkids and my children to celebrate death and I don't mean have a celebration of life for my death I mean we talk about death and I'll both in teasing ways and and non-teasing ways like I'll say to Clooney when I die you will get this (laughs) you know or when I die where would you put me where would you want to put me? Where mm. would you would like to put my ashes? We have conversations like that. And she's never said to me, oh, that makes me nervous. Are you going to die now? That seems to do the opposite. Um, so, yeah. I And then if I was aspirational in my death. Yes. <laughs> Why not be? Be um, Let's have aspirational deaths. Yeah. I would hope that whether or not I was in a room of people or by myself, I would still be have all my people in my heart mm-hmm. and I and I think I've tried to take away the constructs of like oh I want to die with all the people close to me well sure and yeah if that would be nice maybe but could I have all the people close to me even if they're not there could and, and I think of that horrible thing that happens as my parents aged and other people's parents age where you're like I better go see them because today might be the day but can I have made my last visit enough Mm. Yes. And can I not be holding on to this vision of the perfection of the moment of death as being something that like, it's like my death will be my experience. Others will have an experience of my death, but my death will be my experience and you'll never know about it because I'll be dead. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. yeah. What do you think of death right now? Um, it's funny. I was talking about it with a friend the other day. Um, I think it changed a little bit once I had, children like I've never had a fear of dying I fear other people dying because of the effect that it will have like uh, if my parents were to pass or or people like that so I'm going to tell you something they will of course (laughs) of course so start wrapping your head around that one honey so I I think spoiler alert I think about that more than my own death but I okay I'll put this out and see what Mm. you guys think I've always been comfortable with the idea uh, that's I mean, like you're saying, I will die um, because I, in my own beliefs, I believe in the universal energy, God, whatever language you want to apply to it. And I believe in many lifetimes and reincarnation. And so it, it's it's not a pessimistic experience in, in mm-hmm. my feeling. Um, so I don't have fear around it because I think it's there's a continuation. It just might look different. So can I, may I push against something a little bit? Is, um, I wasn't joking, get used to, to people. Get and, and invited in because the opposite is that we hold on to a hope. Right. That is, that, and remember as human beings, we're not very good of letting each other off the hook of something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So if of all the things we plan for, we plan to have a child, we plan to buy a house, we plan to go on a vacation. That, and I don't mean the logistical planning, but not readying for the ease of that last breath makes no sense to me. It is the only thing that we 100% know, other than that we were born. Yes. Is that we'll die in. 
That's the only thing we 100% know. And even that thing of like, I want to keep them around as long as possible. I'm like, what does that even mean? Yeah, <laughs> I don't want that either. That's like the experience that my grandpa, my Zeta, had. He had what a great name. Multiple strokes and kind of lived. He, he was scared to die and he lived paralyzed basically for 20 almost 30 years and just sat in a chair by a window and not to say he there wasn't didn't he didn't have profound or meaningful experiences in that chair but it didn't look comfortable it didn't look like a comfortable experience Mm -hmm. he didn't look in comfort in his body and 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 that's our our medical system that's allowed that yes Mm -hmm. and so again i would never make a judgment should should or could or couldn't yes we're talking about this with dogs the other day (laughs) because someone said to me well i would do anything for my 16 i'm going to make them live as long as possible example i might need to take off their leg and give them chemo and i was like whoa is that about (laughs) your dog well first of all the poor dog doesn't get a say (laughs) so you're assuming because you can't stand the discomfort of not having them in your house and again no judgment about that we all get to choose but I wondered that about others' death. Yes. I will be so sad that I don't want you to die. How is that about the person? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about you and death? Yeah, yeah. I remember a number of years ago learning the concept of memento mori, mm-hmm. which is like a Latin term that means remember death. We're all, all about the great and the Latin I know, today. Yeah, I'm going, 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 going down that. It's just, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's the way my brain works. But uh, when I first discovered it, I was like, yo, that's awesome. And it was kind of a morbid concept or is a morbid concept to many modern people. But kind of during the Renaissance period, period, a lot of people would have their portraits painted when they were like young and healthy and could afford it. And they would have somewhere in the painting a skull included so it'd be this beautiful picture of them but then there'd be like a skull and modern sensibilities are like what's with the skulls but it was the idea that these people would look at this portrait of themselves captured in time and then they would see the skull and it would remind them "Mm, yes you are no longer the person you were in that photo and you're like moving closer to death so memento mori as a concept is remember death Mm. so that you live Totally. So that you truly beautiful. Live. And we had a we had a conversation uh, recently with um, Ali Maz. Yeah. And she said this line, and I absolutely love it, and I remember it often. And I I believe she got it from someone or from somewhere, and I can't remember where. So credit where it's due. But but Ali said this, uh, and I I love this, and I live by it. It's it's a good day to die, yeah. but I really want to live. Yeah. And I feel like that's what I embody. It's a good day to die, but like, I want to live. Yeah. And I would like, I think honestly, I would be okay. Like, I think I would be okay. I'd be really sad for the impact it would have on the people around me. But me personally, I'm like, well, I mean. Right. But, uh, and I wonder about that one. So I agree with that. Like I often will say, especially in immersions is like, and remember my kids aren't there, my family and I go to bed at night and I'm like, if I died right now, awesome. Mm. And I think I look at days in that in moments of a death right now would be absolutely perfect. And it's so funny because in that moment, my kids aren't around, my grandkids aren't around, but I I think they're good. I think they're all good. Mm -hmm. So I wonder about that when we say if I die, I worry about the impact it would have. I think that even that, it would be lovely to look at that go if I die tomorrow I'm sure the impact would be wonderful mm. people would be sad people are allowed to freaking be sad right but yeah. you're Going I mean it's not great the... for your kid for sure get that but is what about if I die tomorrow people would be sad but I hope that I lived a life 
where it doesn't matter whether I am here physically. So we go back to the conversation we had earlier, which is I do not have to be in my physical form to continue to um, nourish and be part of those that are close to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if if you've done your part, in a way, you'll all of us that you've been with. Like, doesn't I'm using you as an example, but it can be anybody that's. Me as I'm the oldest one at the table. Like, we'll, we'll go for me. Like you'll <laughs> continue with all of us that you've you've shared your your soul, your spirit with. That essence, that energy, that frequency, that vibration will continue as long as we continue, and maybe we'll pass it to our children or to our friends. And and in that sense, like. I guess maybe that's legacy as you speak of, Dean, but uh, yeah. it's it's the domino, the way. It's good to think of another word other than legacy because it's so tied into this financial thing, right. too. I'm like, well, yeah. let's do that for next time. But also, Dean, is what if you had a belief that if you died tomorrow, that your kids would be sad and entirely okay because you have instilled in them everything yeah. for them to be okay like yes. can you hear how freeing that would be yeah. for you to carry that image for your children in their mind like in your mind right you don't have to say it to them <laughs> it might not be a little <laughs> much yeah, right yeah, now yeah. but is that they would be entirely fine mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they would be sad and they would be entirely fine yeah because they are full and complete and sovereign beings who have had been deeply impacted by your love right yeah i think i think that's for sure i i want to be a hundred percent there but i think when i start to think about like in in the initial like flash response i'm like yeah that's it i i'm there but then it's like yeah but like i really would love to see them be like older (laughs) there's a few things still that i'd love to be able to like do with right and so it's always that like we want more time we want more time but again for me that drives back the reality of like don't fucking miss it now don't miss the moment now like Don't whatever's happening on Instagram. Put your phone down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Like that's the classic thing on your deathbed. Let's say we all get to live to the ripe old age of maybe not 150, <laughs> but old. Yeah. Nobody is going to be like, you know what? I wish I would like spend more time on social media. I yeah. wish I did it. Like D- it's. Dean loved his family and his phone. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, his phone and his family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah right? And ask yeah. them in which order maybe. So, and that's the thing. It's like, it's so easy to lose sight of that on a Wednesday afternoon when it's busy and you're tired and you're just checking out and we need spaces to just whatever be ourselves and get the easy dopamine hit from social media fair but like not to the point of like at the end of your life be like wow when I look at the record of hours ha I wasted how many days weeks months of my life doing fuck all on that thing when there's like people in front of me that I could have really invested in and had more time with and you know had presence yeah yeah, complete presence yeah so i think that that as uh as a community as a culture it would be great to spend more time on the idea of our own death i don't mean you know (laughs) obsessing about it but knowing that it will happen yeah right like, like I said, it's still, so you're planning vacations, <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> but, we, but we will die yes. and we don't know when. So it's great to think that it will be in that future. And I hope for all of us, it will be, and it may not be. Well, we, we always, uh, we drive around. I love music. I've always loved music and, and I'll play songs and like, I will get emotional listening to songs cause they're just so like, and not even lyrics, just like the power of the music or how yeah. that person plays this part so yeah. tastefully to, you know, Ayla will listen, but she doesn't enjoy it to the same way. I'm like, babe, this song, 
And she's like, it's not a friggin' concert. I was like, mine's going to be. Like, I don't care if anyone <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. says anything. We're just going to get together, like, listen to good music. Devin Y'all and I have played something. that game since she was like nine. Oh, yeah. I, just, right. I was like, the, like, so at one time, the playlist for, you know, my funeral was like uh, TLC Waterfalls. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, like, I don't think it's made it, yeah. but Lenny Kravitz, I know over until it's over, might still be there. Oh, that's you good. Know? Yeah, it that's might good. still be there. That's a jam. But yeah, that's you know, so, yeah, what, what and how is it and then you know kind of Clooney who's seven has a bit of an obsession <laughs> that's not fair I shouldn't say that an obsession she's highly interested yeah. <laughs> um, and 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 really looks at the beauty of it and uh, and and Rosen is not uncomfortable with death but he's he just looks at her like oh my god <laughs> you know? but yeah what's up what's up he looks at me the other day he goes she's so beautiful and so dark <laughs> <laughs> i was like yes but it, it isn't to her darkness yeah so yeah i mean if you think of cultures where that was you know the the death was as important as the birth right well it's just another observation and then i've got a question about questions for you <laughs> it's it's funny it's interesting you guys can tell me what you think like we we do celebrate most of our life we celebrate all the milestones mm. being our, our births our birthdays our new jobs mm. uh weddings all these things and and we document them all there's photographers there to to take pictures, mm. to take videos, mm. to to you know have some sort of documentation that this happened, and we can celebrate it. But we we don't when we die. Mm. At funerals, there's no other than if you're the Queen of England or something like that. There's no the king now or the king now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's no photographer there. There's no videographer. You know where ah, that's so funny. You know what I wished I had done. So remember when my mom both my parents are dead but when my mom died it was in um, palliative uh, COVID care yes and I'm not going to blame it on that because that's not true but I don't think that you know there's there's just like a lot going on there there's like a lot of masking a lot of like you were in hazmat suits to go in to see her and then on I think I've said before on the moment she died we were allowed to remove masks um and I wish I had bathed her. Right. But quite honestly, it was in the hospital and my brother and I were like, I would give her a big kiss, hugged him and they were like, we're out. And not, we wanted to leave my mom. There's like, it didn't feel, it didn't, it, it didn't, ha- it was an environment that yeah. I wanted to be in at the moment, not her death, the hospital itself. Uh, but like, I really thought, why couldn't I have, like, couldn't I have done something beautiful with her? Some rite of passage. Yeah, or... yeah. And so if I could take that moment back, I would like to rethink that moment. I don't feel, um, you know, in despair about it. I don't feel in judgment of myself about it. I just, I don't, it, it was one of those moments where I didn't think of options. Yeah. Right. I was like, well, I guess this has happened and they're telling us this, somebody's going to come and get her and I'm, and I'm going to drive to Whistler and see my family now. I didn't sort of go, and it, and we had spent so much time before. It wasn't about spending an extra minute. I had, I had the minute before the minute. Yes. But I was like, oh, is there something that I could have done that would have, yeah, that would have had some beauty to it? Mm-hmm. I did think her de- her death was beautiful, and I did have like vodka and tonics because that's what she requested, and <laughs> and cheddar cheese and crackers, but which she couldn't eat, but it was there. But is um yeah, I didn't know. No one's ever said to me, oh, like. 
you you could do that right but I didn't need to be told but I guess I did because I didn't think it was an option some some yeah. sort of passage I, like I know Dean you're familiar with more kind of historic passages but yeah like uh, I know you know Romans or whatever it was would mark put coins on them so that they could pass through the river sticks or whatever there was more ritual uh, and ceremony around mm-hmm. death mm-hmm. in all of these past cultures and we kind of it's it's different now it's like uh, we put like we were talking about boxes we're like literally putting <laughs> putting death in a box you know I also think about like my daughter's birth and I think that if I really sat and thought about that I would have done that differently too right I would have yeah and not because again against hospital births or that none of that but I could you know at the time and remember all the birthing process like as a as an industry changes every decade anyways you know once you had a baby you used to they used to take the baby away from the mom for like three nights so they're like you get as much sleep as you right. can and then it's like no we won't take you know breastfeed don't breastfeed blah, blah, blah. it's gone back and forth and, and always you know changing. always changing but um I, I don't think with these things i sat and thought beyond the context uh, like to what would make me feel good and and i don't think i had a bad birth and i felt really happy and i can remember you know i felt completely satisfied with it it wasn't that but was there some ritual that would have been more than you know you've got a good playlist and you've got candles like yeah. would have there been you know something more maybe maybe not mm-hmm. yeah it's interesting i think that like to your point too zach about the like the end of life transitions right and and it feels like we should do something like you were sharing with your mom like it, it's a moment that we feel like we should mark and maybe it's that do we do some sort of photos or whatever I, i'm not sure i think people can find something that's meaningful to them. them but it is interesting like the observation that pops into my mind is like we've removed death from our immediate reality so most of us we haven't experienced that moment of seeing someone go from this life to whatever's next mm. um and it's uh i think we've been robbed of something really really beautiful and we've it's because it's it happens in hospitals or it ha- happens in palliative doesn't happen doesn't happen in the whole community right and if it does it feels so traumatic Oh, that person died in their home. Right. Like it's uh, it's unusual. And then you get people that really planned about it and say we yeah. know they're going to pass, but you kind of have to know they're going to pass too. Yeah. It's like okay, right. now we can plan it. And and do I have the care? You know, are we lucky enough to have people around that can provide the care that's needed? Yeah. No, that's uh, so. My um, <laughs> is with my mom's ashes. You know, my brother took some, and my nieces and took some, and. Um, and, and uh, then I had the bounce, but I keep putting her in little mason jars and then I take her to wherever I am. And like if it's around water. And so for like three years in a row, she's gone to the Chilcotans <laughs> for, for immersion camp up there. And she went to Nemo Bay a couple of times. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm like, I kind of, that was, that was my thing that I did instead of that. And mm-hmm. yeah, it, it was, it's important. And, and so often then groups of people come around and they talk about their moms. Right. I've invited people to say their mom's names as they put my mom's ashes in, you know, and it, to, to understand that that will be your mom too one day. I think it's important to experience the idea of someone's death mm. for me to think of you and death before you die. Right. Not to make myself sad, to make myself understand how important you are to me. Yeah. Yeah. 
There's a, a book, I'm just thinking about different passages right now, and there's a book I read maybe 15, 20 years ago called Sky Burial. Have you heard of that one? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I do remember that. Tibetan love story. Yes. And like just the idea, so Sky Burial, they like, I do that. they like take your body up to the top of a mountain, and I don't know if they like, it's like a Tibetan tradition, if they dismember your body or cut it up, but basically they, the birds come and eat yes. you and, and yes. carry your body through the land, and that's how... That's how you, one, return to the land, but also ascend. Um, and it's just... Um, I wouldn't mind to be eaten by birds. It's end. I'd be dead, I wouldn't know. Yeah, it's kind of a more romantic idea in, in my mind than being in a box in the ground in right. some cemetery. Or when you go to, to the highway. Yeah. Varanasi yeah. and you yes, see, see, that the with, yeah, you see the burning bodies or when you go up to Haida Gwaii and you know that in the, the totems and the trees are yes. bodies yeah I think being like with a tree would be kind of cool well I guess there, there's um, uh, organization in um, in the states now in California that takes your ashes and that's your tree and you become that tree. Mm -hmm. yes. That's kind of cool. I'd yeah. be the tree. Like, I'd rather just my whole body. Yeah, 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 I'd want my whole, like, like, uh, <laughs> yeah. like, like a nursing tree, you know. Like Take tree, up a lot of room. Tree dies. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. All right, well, wow. <laughs> we went fairly down the hole there in that one, boys. There we go. What kind of tree would I want to be? Oh, yeah, exactly. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, not to not to pivot from death, but back to back to living for a yes, moment. Please. Um, as we kind of maybe wrap up this chapter, yeah. I've got a lot of other points here, but I don't know if we'll get to all of them. Okay. One I'm curious about. Yes. With your immersions, mm. you ask so many mm. inquiring questions that uh, involve reflection, contemplation, mm. curiosity. Are there some questions that you found allow people to to kind of break their own barrier like are there um yeah mm. i just wanted to ask a question of of questions you've found mm. impactful think, through the hundreds of immersions that yeah. you've done i think the um the simplest questions when somebody's kind of facing themselves and 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 sharing something is to look at them and say like yeah is that true is that true? You know, the simple questions is how did that make you feel? Because in that moment, they're in a story of their analytical mind or um, mm, how might that have been for other, you know? Like the simple questions are still the ones that I think allow for a depth because the often the complicated questions... First of all, we get used to answering certain questions, you know, like what's your limiting belief? Every I, I will tell you if I ask someone their limiting belief, which I never do, is I will get the same thing that I'm not good enough. Well, okay, so we all know that about each other. <laughs> <laughs> so that we got that one sorted. But it's what's beneath that and how is that um how is that guiding how you show up and how is that guiding how you treat yourself and others? So I, I think the simple questions and I think it's um the question is not so much in the words, it's in the way it's conveyed. Mm, okay. So I think often a question can be asked without saying any words by the way you lean in, you lean out, you touch, you look. And uh, I'll say to people who say, you know, like, can you help me around facilitating this? Or it's like, the goal eventually is to say nothing. 
and hold impeccable space mm. um, to be able to convey it all without saying a word is um, yeah simpler don't get caught on your own questions you know um, when I hear complicated questions or this like inquiry I was like oh that person's uncomfortable with themselves so they're going to ask questions <laughs> about other yeah so I think that's for me though it's the simple ones the is that simple true? ones is that true yeah is that true hmm I might you know go hmm is that true or hmm how'd that feel for you was that meaningful you know the simple questions yeah I like that I'm thinking about all the times you've asked me if that's true. And I'm always I, like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've got a couple times. No. Yeah. Is that true? Is that yeah. what we were doing? No. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. But sometimes the power of a simple question is like it, it lets us answer something that we know, but we're holding on to for some reason. And when someone asks it, it kind of just breaks us open to be like, no, that's not true. No, that's not and true. And then you have something to work with, right? Right, and questions for me are not about me, again, uncovering. It's about giving somebody their own chance to uncover. Yeah. Do you have practice, because we've talked about being and, and mm. seeking, do you continue to ask yourself these questions, or do you just sit and, and, and be with multiple, mm. you know, possibilities um well I, I think in in the conversations I have whether they're immersion or you know day in and day out is they require me to be in constant consideration and inquisition it may or may not be articulated it may or not be I mean I just spent a lot of my time in like tears of joy but also tears of like bewilderment and tears of amazement um, particularly after immersion, because there's a volume of people, but all day, and I, I'm, I'm thoroughly used up by the end of the day in a beautiful way. But it's not, it's not the energy going out. It's also the energy that those conversations require of me to go inside. I, it, they're never, they're not hard, and they're never easy. You know, they take to be in the presence of, to actually be in presence. It doesn't take a lot of time. That's the other thing. When people say to me, I had an hour conversation. I was like, well, that was 50 minutes too long. <laughs> you should be able to be, you should be able, I think you should, the practices of being able to connect and allow for something monumental to, ha for, to happen for somebody in like 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. oh, I have a friend who's doing, um, he is a ketamine therapist. Okay. And he came down after his first few sessions he was, you know, the guide, the therapist. And he said, they only allow us 50 minutes. And I was like, oh my God, 50 minutes. <laughs> and I said, bet you can get that down to 20 minutes, not to save time, but then you're not, it means that you're not talking too much. And it also means you're allowing the person to get to what it is that's needed. You're, you're helping them be in the practice. Mm -hmm. the, because the practice of too much context means that we're not getting to the clarity of, of the nugget. Be, be in body instead of in body yeah instead in of in theory mm -hmm. we talk about that with I language instead of we when we say we it means I don't have to take any responsibility yes. that man who made the choice from we did nothing to uh, I did nothing yes. the power of that yes as the vulnerability of that you know I was thinking about that a little bit more I was trying to clarify my thought it's 
the I when we want credit, <clears throat> but it's the we when we want to hide. Yeah. Yes. You know? Exactly. It should be completely flipped. It should be yeah. flipped. Yeah. yeah, it's the we because it's always a we that um, deserves the the glory or the you know acknowledgement, and it's the I when there has been a misstep or yes, yeah, it's the I. The I thought when somebody says we, you know, often we think, and I'm like, well, you think it. You haven't asked me if I think it. <laughs> <laughs> ask me if I think that. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, then I get out of owning. Yes. You know, of yeah. being responsible, accountable for that feeling, for that thought. Yeah, it's it's a good practice to mm-hmm. accountability. Yeah, it is. It's a huge practice of accountability, and and asking people. So people say, "Well, he probably thinks, or they probably think they would be a better one to, for me to use." Judy, <laughs> they, and um, I would say, well, "Why don't you just ask them mm-hmm. instead of telling me what you think they might feel or say." Why don't you just ask? That I, I, I that is a question I ask often. Why don't you just ask? <laughs> Why don't you just ask? Sitting with the assumption or or yeah. just Story. holding an energy that is. Or is if stuck. we do this, then they might X, Y, and Z. And I go, well, we'll never really know. <laughs> but why don't we wait? And when we find out what they'll do, <laughs> then we can decide what we're going to do next. Right. Right. You right. know yeah. that clarity of so it's not about manipulating. It's not you know people think oh that's highly strategic to think oh, I don't know is it I think it's manipulative. It may be manipulative. Why don't I just be my, all my responsibility, all my accountability goes in how I'm going to say what I say. And then I allow, I give the decency, the respect for the other to say what they want to say, how they want to say it. Yes. I don't try to manage them to feel better or worse or change their mind. I allow them that sovereignty. What does that mean? That word mean for you? Sovereignty. Mm. Or how does that word feel? Yeah, that I am, um, it isn't about not being in community. It's the exact opposite for me. My sovereignty is that I am allowed the experience of my own thoughts and feelings, but only in understanding that I consider those for myself in care of something bigger. Mm. Okay, I've got, Dean, you might have some questions. I've got one fun one to kind of maybe drift, o- drift off with for now. Sure. Yeah. Okay, so <clears throat> immersion, uh, brew, lots mm-hmm. of the variations of, mm-hmm. of this, this work you've done is around community and mm-hmm. kind of collective evolution, curiosity. Mm-hmm. And we often kind of romanticize the idea at least okay we uh, I, I know I, I was waiting for that you like that catch oh, I, caught I, I caught it I, I caught it I, 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 okay. I caught it I caught it but sometimes on the pod Zach says we and he means we <laughs> yes. him and I <laughs> and it's often very <laughs> true we is Dean and I because we we share and talk <laughs> but a lot. in context of the conversation I <laughs> I often romanticize so funny I love this I often romanticize of some alternative living situation like say immersion became a a, mm. a lifestyle it became a place of living became you know I and we and I, me I, and, I and me I, I, too. I too you know that you know, I too romanticize of of oh different way of living mm. in community mm. right? you know often we'll say a commune but it can be any language some sort of communal yeah. living where goals uh, are different than how they are in this kind of capitalistic patriarchal mm-hmm. colonial structure that we kind of mm-hmm. live in now 
would you do you think this is possible? Do you think this is what the world needs? Do you, mm. do, what are you, what are your? To yeah. me, it's, it's a fantasy that I want, and I feel like it takes bravery to to act on it. Mm, I've thought about and this dis- one a lot. Discomfort to I, I think, to go for it. What, I, I just th- want to hear yeah, your thoughts. I think that you know those are close to me and who have been for a while will know that. Like twenty years ago, I started talking about this before I even started doing immersions because I just for me it became like this idea of why is there like five barbecues when there could be one <laughs> like some of it was that yeah, and then some of, of it scale. yeah economies of scale but not for the idea of saving money for the idea of non-wastage yes and then it was also like oh um th- that th- these communities would not be of just like people they would be of people that had like values but that were quite different because often you see again commune or you know sometimes we call them cults (laughs) is all the same you know it's like you have to believe this and what about if it was that expensive but I think one of the things that also occurred to me is there would be a different way of doing it because the old commune model said you can only live this way whereas I'm like oh what if there was a place where you know, I'm going to use my beautiful friend, Katie, who wants her beautiful house in Vancouver, but she could also have this experience. And so again, we're not saying you either choose this or that because that goes, we're back where we started the very beginning, but we, yeah, but to invite people to share a different experience is what's going to expand this idea of community living whether it is in a commune style or shared property so i don't think it's um i actually think it's necessary mm. and it does take boldness in it and where there is a lot of things around ownership and that are scary but you know i i live in a house in whistler and it's a house that's you know that has a name on the title that includes mine or names on the title that include mine i actually sit in that house often and think i don't own this it's that's all kind of a fallacy <laughs> you know we we know because we see it in other countries right, yes. um so where is this idea of ownership and but the one thing i did always say is i was like i'd like to start a commune but with nicer colors so drab so drab or like very pastel yes, <laughs> yeah. you know? which like there's room for you in your pastels but don't make all of us yeah, just yeah. go in there yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah no so i think um yeah, to be inspired in conversation and to be, um, to teach m- my family, for me to teach my family and you to teach your family and you to teach your family and me to teach myself about um, the discomfort of living in community. Because sometimes it, we're do far better when we can just squirrel ourselves away in our right. little houses and do things the way we want to do right. them. Yes. Um, and there, and the hardest thing I've heard is, and I have um, a dear friend who works with me, Jonathan, who's lived in community living before. Right. And he said it was like, took so much effort, but he derived so much beauty from it. Because people go, there are no rules. There has to be rules. There are no, you know, there has to be not hierarchy, but there has to be somebody who's ultimately responsible for something or at least to holding the edges of that. So I think, you know, it's like sorting all those things out. And then in BC, because I've been thinking about this a lot. Yeah. In BC, <laughs> the problem is the the land pricing. Yeah. Right. It's so yeah. astronomical. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think it's necessary. And then, of course, you're also touching on another thing that I think is necessary, which is like food sovereignty and food governance. 
I, I think that if I was going to give anything to my grandchildren to make sure that they have access to food that isn't stripped of its vitamins and its minerals and where they have a connection to the land, that would probably be the most important thing I could do for them. I agree. I feel, like, I feel like this is the beginning of a much bigger conversation. I'm ready, <laughs> I'm ready Judy. <laughs> I just planted that question because I'm ready and I know uh, Yeah, you I know. don't know if my family's ready, but I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, uh, and in the meantime, while we're we're you know, why that is coming to fruition is how is it that we can actually start that practice without that property right. where the practice of community over me, not in opposition to me. But if I take care of community, I'm taking care of me. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and we have a responsibility to our to take care of self in terms of our wellness. But I think it's gone beyond that. It's like, since I have a big enough house, then I'll worry about if you have a big enough house. But I don't think that that was the point. Right. I think the point was, yeah, shelter for all. I like that. That's, uh, it's funny because you've given me that advice in business quite often. Like, we'll just you don't need the space to start practicing that. You can start practicing that now or, or case studying it or whatever language was applied. But uh, the, the idea of the commune or communal living, you can take the values and the ideas. And I think to, I kind of do that at like my house. Yeah, I you do. do. You do. I think I, you, I do. You are doing it. Yeah. And and it's just little and, and, and I'm privileged to be able to, but I'm like, you need to come, you should come. And, and that is the giving over self because sometimes I'm like, I just do early Netflix today. And and it's not that I don't also take care of myself in that way. But I'm like, I don't have a right to deny someone who's in need the ability to have a, what feels like a safe space is what, you know, that's my practice. And I've dragged, you know, my family along into that practice. Um, and I think it's, um, yeah, I think it, it, you can do it now. Yeah. You don't have to yeah. wait. That's, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Like, I, th- I feel like you've always been true to that, whether that makes other people uncomfortable or if, they, want, uncomfortable. Or if, they, <laughs> or if, or if they don't want to come along, like you are on that path and you always have been since I've known you without consideration. Well, with consideration of the community, but without worrying about the discomforts of others. It's cool. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. And, uh, you know, again, it's all it's all my learning it's all the learning that i get through um through all through you through i mean i know we have to stop but i will say for both of you you who i've known a little less long i uh, like you and ryan taught me not if not directly not in that thing of like let me teach you about juice <laughs> but you allowing me to share in your life and in your business taught me something not about the juice business about myself you know like you were my one of my really first practices like I used to tell you people used to always be like did you tell them I'm like I'm not there for that I'm not there to tell them how to do this I'm there for them to consider and know that I'm gonna like love them and support them no matter what um once in a while I do have a thing where I'm like I like actually can't support that I love you but I can't support that yeah that was never the case well I think once with you guys not because you're doing anything wrong I was like I probably wouldn't do that <laughs> if I were in your shoes but you might do it and you know 
both of you, both you and Ryan, you're, you have never been able to step out of your own integrity even when it looked like there was a space to do that that would be more comfortable. Yeah. You haven't been able to. Yeah. Speaks volumes, you know, speaks volumes. Well, thank you. Yeah. And thank you for always just asking questions without imposing. I think that's, you, mm. you've always been conscious of, of asking questions and allowing mm. us to find our way without imposing your mm. your beliefs or, mm. or, you know, you could have probably told us, you know, don't do that. That won't work. <laughs> but we'd get there and we'd say, you that didn't there. work, you know. Yeah, and you'd be like, totally. yeah, that's yeah. okay. That's okay. That didn't work. Yeah, no. And, and then, you know, both of you in this environment, I like in this environment of the, the pod is just um, what I love is that you – even in this amount of like was this our second year together or is it our third second or third whatever um is that um you're not the same and you're both thinking more and more expansively every moment and i'm sure i think that's innately who you both are and i think that you found a way to um expedite that through this vehicle mm. Because you just, you can't invite someone on and just want to argue with them. <laughs> so you may as well listen to them. Yeah. You can ask some really good questions. But so, yeah. So, you know, well done. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. We always say this has been our most selfish thing we've created because we get to benefit uh, just listening to people that we admire. Mm. That's immersion for me. Yeah. yeah, listening to people you admire—that's cool. Yeah. Listening to people that I are in, inspire me. Yeah, like whether or not I admire them, I don't know yet, but they yeah. inspire me. Yeah, I'm inspired by each person in that circle. Mm. Yeah, that's yeah. the gift. Yeah, yeah, totally. Mm. Well, well, Judy, I got a list of questions for next time. <laughs> okay, and there always is a next time. <laughs> with there you. always is next time. I so appreciate that's it, guys. The best part. Yeah, yeah. No, thank you again. Yeah. So thank yeah. you for your blessings, your considerations, blessings. and yeah. yeah, blessings to you, and, mm. and just. Mm -hmm. uh, you know gratitude you know mm. even when you're not on the pod dean and i you know feel gratitude towards you often mm. and always so, mm. yeah, thank, yeah. You. thank you yeah 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 thank you 